Good morning again. Pastor Steve, in case I forgot to mention that earlier. Let's go to, to the Lord as we go to his word. Lord, we ask you to speak to us. We are grateful that you like to speak to us. You want to speak to us. And so, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would speak to us in exactly our situation, exactly what we need today. We pray that you'd help us to obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I've got a... We are in our Acts series. Um, the question today is, where are you going? Where are we going? Um, we're looking at Acts 16. We're talking about what's Jesus doing through his spirit, through the church, in Acts. And we want to know what he's doing today as well. So my question, where are you going? Do you know where you're going? Um, what do you need guidance on? For what do you need guidance right now? To think about that. What questions do you have for the Holy Spirit that you need direction? You need the GPS to tell you which way to turn. Think about that. Is there something that you need guidance for? I'm guessing probably yes. So now I want you to turn to somebody, tell them as briefly as possible what that is, and I want that other person to pray for you. Just real quick. What do you need guidance for? What do you need God to show you? And just pray for the other person. That God would show them. Kids too. What do you need God to show you? So Lord, I want to pray too for the guidance that each person needs here, that you would show yourself to them and show your way to them. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So as I looked at this, I started with this question, and then uh, you might know I like questions. So it produced other questions, like, why are you going? So before you go someplace, you need to know why you're going, right? You don't just say, oh, I'm going to go someplace. You have a purpose for why you get in and put something in the GPS, right? Why are you going? And who are you going with? That also really matters. Um, you're going to take a tour. You want a good tour guide. You want to be with some. And how will you find your way? Why are you going? Who are you going with? And how will you find your way? So those are some questions we're going to look at and look at some examples in Acts and right where we are in Acts as well. Um, so Acts shows a church on the move. Just stating the obvious, but if you think about what we've been talking about in Acts and what we're really going to be talking about, it's a lot of movement, right? They are traveling, moving from one place to the other. They, I mean, they start out in Jerusalem, but it's not very long before they're going off to Samaria, and they're going off to uh, catching up with an Ethiopian eunuch on the road, and then they're off to Antioch and around the, the Asia Minor. It's travel, right? And uh, Luke keeps telling all these places, and then went here, and they took that road, and then they went. It's a lot of travel. And if you think about Jesus' ministry, he was traveling around. He said, other people have a place to lay their heads. I don't. If you think about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, the Exodus, the exile. The, there's a whole lot of movement in the Bible, right? Um, but the track, when I think about it, I just want to move into my dream house. Or my dream family or dream career or dream vacation. I just, I don't really want to move. I don't really like travel that much. I had enough of it. Any, anybody else, like, prefer your own bed? Yeah, moving is kind of difficult, and yet the church seems to always be on the move. God's people through Scripture seem to be on the move. So, and if the Holy Spirit's our tour guide, so he's taking us where we want and providing for us, well, yeah, but let's just think about this. The Christian life is actually a journey. And that Exodus metaphor, this metaphor, Acts, being Christians is about being a church on the move. Um, life is all journey to home. You remember Pilgrim's Progress? He's on his way. The whole life is on his way to get to that city, right? I like this from C.S. Lewis. Our Father refreshes us on the journey with some pleasant inns, but will not encourage us to mistake them for home. And I'll be honest, there's, there's times, you know, I was Early on in life, well, I, I was grew up in Cloquet. It seemed like I was home. I was I grew up my whole life there, so I, I got used to that being settled. And then you know, went off to college, but um, and then I was going to go to went to Tanzania. And then we, I was going to go to Tanzania. And then when we got to Tanzania, I was like, oh, and then God provided a house for us. And I was like, okay. First it was really difficult, but then it was like, okay, we're we're settled here. And then he started talking about us moving to Chicago for a couple of years, and then he talked moving to Kenya. And I was like, wait, I was just getting settled here. And then we got to Kenya. And I was like, oh, I could do this. This professor thing and this house that we fixed it up and it's nice and I thought I'm able to be here till retirement and then God moved us here which was where we didn't want to leave in the first place because it was comfortable and I was saying you know God's kind of comfortable why do we have to go to Tanzania that was way back now we were back here so now I'm like oh so maybe I finally get to settle down but now I'm realizing you know what 
It isn't about settling. I mean, I'm glad to be here. Glad to have a house. It's a great house. But it's not really when I think about it, I realize this is just another period of time. And I think I always thought I'd grow up and settle down. Anybody else? You know, you'd get the family, you'd get the career, you'd settle into whatever it was you were going to be when you grow up. But it seems like God keeps moving us. And we want to settle down in those pleasant inns and make them home. It can be a glimpse of heaven, but here's the good news, and here's my main point. God's Spirit guides His servants in many ways. I'm just trying to summarize Acts, trying to summarize this little piece. God's Spirit guides His servant in many ways. Isn't that a great truth? So it's God that does it. The Spirit of the Lord does it. Notice that it's His servants who He does it for. He doesn't do it necessarily for people who are just curious or, or not. It's his servants. But he does it in a lot of different ways. So that brings up the question of why are you traveling? Is the Spirit your tour guide? So in a sense, the Spirit's our tour guide. He takes us around to where we're supposed to go. And he, and he um, you know, shows us the, the and, and he provides for us. And he says, well, here's where you're sleeping tonight. And here's, you know, everybody, how many of you have been on a tour with a tour guide that took you through the... The whole tour, okay? Some of you been that, been there, done that? And, uh, but you know, my, my, uh, my parents-in-law went on a cruise, and they said, you know, what they really didn't like was all the complaining on the cruise. People are always complaining about the food and about the this and about the that because, you know, the, the tour guide wasn't good enough. The tour wasn't good enough. Um, so uh, this is... Anybody ever hear this? Join the Navy, see the world. Um, yeah, so that join the Navy, see that it turns out it's seventy percent water. Um, so, is the Spirit your tour guide, or is he your commanding officer? So, commanding officers also tell you where to go, what you're going to eat, what you're going to do, when you're going to sleep, when you're going to get up, and how you're going to do things. Right? Kind of like a tour guide. But the difference is, we're at war. You know, the Queen Elizabeth, I think, was the, was the big ship that when it was a luxury liner, was all outfitted with this glass and chandeliers and these big rooms. And then when it was used during the war, it was all triple-decker bunks, and they could put five times as many people in that ship because they were trying to get troops to where they had to be. Is your lifestyle a war lifestyle or a cruise lifestyle? Why? I think about Jonah. So what was Jonah's purpose for his trip? To run from God, right? And why was he running from God? Well, God takes care of him, brings him to where he's supposed to give the message, right? He gives the message. Nineveh is going to be destroyed. You all are sinners. God is going to destroy you. He feels kind of good about that part. And he sits down to see the fireworks. We get to watch the fireworks every night from the state fair. But he sits down to watch them get burned to a crisp. And then God has mercy on them because they actually really repent. And then he gets really angry. He gets really angry because it turns out Jonah's purpose was to get his enemies burned to a crisp. That was what he was after in the first place. He didn't want to go tell them because then they could repent and then they might not get burned to a crisp. And then his enemies might cause all the problems they did to his nation. 
Some of us, our purpose is to defeat our enemies, right? And then this uh, beautiful plant grows up. Joseph is so happy. He's so grateful. What a grateful Christian. He's so grateful for this plant that gives him shade, and then God sends a worm and destroys the plant. Then he's really angry, ready to die again. Because he was enjoying God taking care of him. And then God says, you know, you care so much about this plant. What about the 120,000 people in Nineveh? Shouldn't I care about them? So he just brings up the question, what are you traveling for? Why are you looking for guidance? Why are you on this trip? Is it? Well, what is it? Because that determines what we're after. So um, why travel? Beginning of Acts kind of gives us why they were traveling so much. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Is that your purpose? Is that why you do what you do? Or is that only something you do if you had to? Um, it's the state fair. We live nearby. We're parking cars. And uh, I could make some good money. I, I, I like to, this year I'm handing out welcome brochures from Bethel. I, Bethel or widows and orphans in Tanzania. You get to pick whatever you don't want to donate to. And that's just, a, that's fun for me because that's my purpose. I get to bless one or the other. And I started adding Bethel Christian Fellowship because I thought, you know, these people are never going to Tanzania, but they might just show up at Bethel Christian Fellowship. And uh, it's fun partially because I get to talk to people, partially because I can open up a conversation, partially because I might get to say something out. I get all kinds of responses. Oh, that's wonderful. My child is a, is a missionary in Turkey. Other guy said, well, I'm not parking here if it's going to the church. Okay. I've had every different kind of response. I would like to have had a more conversation on that one. But um, what is your purpose? Why do you need guidance? Why are you traveling? So, to our text. Acts 16. Next, Paul and Silas, so Paul and Silas, remember, had been going through to Antioch and then on to these other churches where they had been before to encourage them and share the good news from this result of what the Jerusalem Council had said about Gentiles being fully welcomed into the church. Everybody was encouraged and strengthened. Now they got to the end of that trip. And now it doesn't even say how they decided to do this, but they decided to go on to new areas where they haven't been, and presumably the good news about Jesus hasn't been yet. So next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia, because the Holy Spirit had then prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. So they tried to go west, southwest, and somehow the Spirit prevented them. Doesn't say how. At that time. Now later he gets to Ephesus and, uh, and some other places, but at that time, nope. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. So now, they've gone through the whole place, and they're, they're stuck. You know, they traveled all the way to Seattle, and now, now what do we do? Uh, God wouldn't let us go north or south, and here we are in Seattle. What do we do next? 
Okay? Have you ever had an experience like that? James is smiling. <laughs> Where you were trying to do something and you, I was trying to do something for God and you go and then, now their purpose was there. They, they were trying to preach the word. They were trying to bring the good news about Jesus. But God wouldn't let them. That's unusual. But have you ever had that where you tried to do something and then it, it didn't work out? I, I mean, I applied for a job at Seattle Pacific University. I applied for one at Biola in 2016. And I'll be humbly say I was a better candidate. But I didn't get the job. Why? Well, God was closing that door. I had no idea he was going to open this door. And he was feeling like he was closing the door in Kenya at African International University. But I didn't know. It just... I was just trying to figure those doors out. But have you ever had a door slam in your face or at least just squeeze shut? Yeah. I was thinking about all the girls who I wished liked me and the ones who did like me who I never, never quite worked out. And I thought, boy, I'm glad God closed all those doors. I wouldn't end up with Janice. And I look at all those other ones and I go, man, God was, praise God, he was closing all those doors. Um, I look at some of the kids, my some of the people my young people dated, and I'm glad they're marrying the ones the two of them are marrying. So we, we have two weddings this December 17th. Uh, Rachel's getting married, if you hadn't heard that. Um, so I'm glad for what God's doing. And uh, the other two are probably op wishing for some open doors, but God's closing them so far. How does it feel when a door shuts in your face? Sometimes it doesn't feel so good, right? God, I was trying to preach the word, and then you just shutting the door in my face. But God guides through closed doors as well. So next, that night, they're stuck. They're, they got to Seattle. Now what do they do? Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. So basically, they got to Seattle. They didn't know what to do. And God said, the equivalent would be a Chinese man saying, come over and help us. They got on a ship and, and went there. In this case, they were going into Europe. I mean, it wasn't Europe. It was just part of the Roman Empire. But now we consider it part of Europe. It was the, the move into Greece, into northern Greece. And God, for whatever reason, guided them. And some of us European descent people are sort of glad that he did that. Um, of course, it's a long ways to Norway from there, I know. But um, still, notice he had a vision. But then they didn't just go, oh, I got a vision, let's go. They, we decided, having concluded. So let's... God uses many ways, usually in combination. So in this one, you notice that there are closing doors. And then there seems to be this open door, this invitation. So when Biola closed and some other things closed, then surprisingly, this church said, we'd like to have you as a lead pastor. That was not a door I was, well, we had already had to be interim pastor at that point. But they asked me to be lead pastor. And that was a, a new invitation. And actually, I, I did similar things. Out there, I was like, well, I'm not sure. I'm trying to figure out if God wants me to leave Africa, and this is, this is hard to do, whatever. And they're like, oh, I guess he's not interested. Here, everybody's like, oh, isn't that great how he's sharing his heart and telling us how it really is? And same, same 
same questions I had, but you all were like, that's wonderful. Thanks for being vulnerable. Anyway, God opened this door. Notice, I saw a vision. And we decided, and we concluded. So on the one hand, there's the I, and the other hand, there's the we. And sometimes we can have too much of one or the other. See what I'm saying? Um, revelation and reasoning, they kind of go together. So I've often had somebody say, you know, God told me that. And sometimes I want to say, for example, God told me that we should go to a different church. And some, you know, sometimes I'd like to say, what, you want any input on that, any discussion, or you're, you're good with that? Anybody ever had somebody say, God told me to marry you? Uh, it's happened. Usually, a uh, good response is, well, you know, I might want to hear from God, too, or might you want to have a... Um, so, God told me is great, but isn't it interesting that when Paul said, I had a vision, the man from Macedonia, they didn't just say, okay. They said, oh, that's interesting. We also had these closed doors. There's also been this. And so they thought about it. They considered it, and they put two and two together, and they concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. So the purpose was unchanged. We were trying to preach the good news, but the place changed with this new information. Do you get the combination? God often uses, at least what I've observed, he uses these things in combination. It's often some reasoning along with some heart stuff. And, you know, sometimes when it's only one, it doesn't seem to be as good. So, uh, boy, this is a great investment. I'm just going to go do this. And you talk to your wife, and she says, I don't know. I don't feel good about it. Look at these numbers. Yeah, but I've, I know people who've ignored that through their folly. And it was a bad, bad idea. Better off talking together, concluding together, okay, that's good information, and let's pray about it, and let's add some of what, what does Scripture say? Putting things in combination. On the other hand, you don't want to just have out there with no internal, nothing from God either. It's good to have it all together. You following me? Interesting that they put it together. What ways do you see the Spirit guiding? I'm going to back up. Uh, from what you're reading of Acts, what are some ways that you see the Spirit guiding in Acts? Uh, First of all, I'm just going to let you think about that. All right. And then I'm going to have you think also about a way that you might have seen God leading your life. Then I'm going to have you share one of those with somebody next to you. People are thinking. Either, how do you see God leading in Acts, or what has God, how has he led you?
Okay, I'm going to take some some ways that you see first ways that you see God, got the Spirit guiding in uh, Acts. What do people see? Or remember, I know we didn't have time to read it right now, but they cast lots. Yeah, for who would be the twelfth apostle? The beginning, yeah. Direct instruction. Yeah, okay. Somebody else? Right, he had this vision of a sheet. Um, right. The council in Jerusalem, yeah, they were, they were debating and bringing in experiences and what God's been doing and what Scripture said. Yeah. Dreams, yes. Somebody else? Yeah. Persecution. So it's interesting when you think about circumstances as guiding. Um, that's a tricky one. Because, you know, if you, if you, just after this now, they go to Philippi, and uh, they get there, and they, they go someplace, and they run right into somebody who, who gets saved right away, and she welcomes them to their home. They always say, oh, God is leading us. And the next thing that happens, they cast out this demon. They end up in prison. Now, if you're just going by circumstance, I was bad. Initially, oh, this is a good idea to come to Philippi. And then it's like, what were we doing coming to Philippi? If you're just going by it worked out, because God never promises it's going to work out with no suffering, right? In fact, maybe if there's suffering, you should say, oh, it must be doing the right thing. Sounds like the book of Acts. Anyway, uh, so circumstance does matter, though. Yep, like if, you're, if you've really fallen in love with somebody who is already married, that's, you don't have to pray about that. That circumstance pretty much dictates it. Other one. Okay, or somebody tell me a way that you've seen God guide. his word good you confirmation through his word that's wonderful yeah thanks Burley. somebody else through a dream okay through a car accident other people speaking in your life yeah mm -hmm. okay Send your message to other people, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just lay out a few that I uh, picked up, but I'd encourage you to go through. This is just something I, you know, there's lots more than this, and probably I don't know if I categorize these the way you would, but visions um, directly. Uh, it's hard to know exactly how to say that, but that's kind of what Paul said. Sometimes he just said directly. Prophecy. Remember when he said there's going to be a, a famine in, in Jerusalem? Now, sometimes what you do with that prophecy is, an, is another question. Uh, famine in Jerusalem, what they did was not hoard food. They gave food to people elsewhere. Um, counsel with other believers, like you said, Vern. It's very important to, to, to hear from others. Prayer. Remember Acts 13, they were praying together, fasting and praying, and then God showed them, set apart Paul and Barnabas for the work that I've called them to do. Um, and then they Prayed some more, fasted and prayed some more, and, and then sent them out. And the Bible. 
like you mentioned, often God is leading through Scripture. So these are some of the ways that the Spirit guides in Acts and some of the ways that you might see the Spirit guiding in your life. But the good news is that God is guiding, right? They're not just wandering around trying to figure it out. They're not just designing a, a five-year plan of how they're going to reach the nations. The Spirit is guiding them. Not that he can't do that through a five-year plan. Not that he can't do that through other ways. But um, So, and they obeyed immediately. We boarded a boat at Troas, sailed straight across the island of Samothrace, and the next day we landed at Neapolis. From there we reached Philippi. So as soon as they get the guidance, they obeyed. They had already decided way before that they were going to obey as soon as they got the guidance. I've said this before, but God doesn't give you guidance to consider. When you say, I will do it, commander-in-chief, then he tells you what to do. If you say, I'll think about it, what we had in mind, he's not necessarily going to tell you anything. Why waste his breath on somebody who may or may not do it? Um, it's about obedience. So, do you want the Spirit to guide you? What do you need guidance for right now? I, I hope that what you were thinking about earlier, um, we've been praying about some guidance, and, and Jan's got an interview on Tuesday. You can pray for guidance for that, for a, a promotion at her work. There's lots of things who, as, a, as a church who need guidance where God wants us to go. This fall, we're going to be moving into some witnessing and some, some new opportunities for witness. We're going to be... Um, doing some things about generosity and basically some different ways of entering into overflow. Overflow with witness, overflow beyond the borders of racism, but definitely overflow in generosity. We're going to see what God is doing, but we're committing, first of all, to do his purposes. So, why are you going? If your why isn't lined up with the Spirit's why, like, I'm going to obey you, I wouldn't, and by the way, if you're not there yet, I'd invite you to come along. It's a great adventure. Doing what the Spirit wants you to do. Going where the Spirit wants you to go. Why? Because it's the best way you can go. God will show you the best pathway to your life, as 30, Psalm 32 says. Maybe not the easiest, but definitely the best. Who are you going with? Well, we're going with the Holy Spirit. That's the good news. The other good news is we're going together. You may have noticed that right here, Luke started saying, we decided. This is the first place he says, we, the first place that Luke is part of the group. We, including Paul, and Silas, and Timothy, and Luke, they were going together. Good news is, we have a map. We have some people we're going with. And we have the Holy Spirit with us as well. We may not have all of the steps laid out like you would in your GPS. Just print out, well, turn here, turn right, one more mile than this. But we know where we're going. We're on pilgrimage. How will you find your way? Well, we just said some ways the Holy Spirit will show us on the way, the right way. So here's the good news. We're going to have the worship team come up. God's Spirit guides His servants in many ways. Lord, we are so grateful that you guide your servants. 
And Lord, we want to get in on what you're doing. We do want to be part of your army, part of your people. We want to be going where you're going. So Lord, we give ourselves to your purposes, to your plans. We say, yes, we will do what you show us. Yes, we will follow where you lead us. We will trust you to provide in the places that you take us and empower us. Or we, we recognize that we can't figure it out on our own. And we also don't have the enablement to do it when we get there. That's why we're grateful that you are leading. You are in charge. So both individually and together, we just ask you to lead us, to use us, to guide us where you desire, because we want to see your purposes fulfilled. In Jesus' name, amen. So I do pray that God will lead you as you go from here, as you follow him, as you obey him. I want to encourage you, you started a conversation with somebody about what they needed guidance for. You started praying for them about what they need guidance for. As we stop at this part of it, I encourage you to continue that conversation, get clarity about what they need guidance for, and keep praying for them. And would you also pray for guidance for us as a church and the different ministries in the church that we would be going where God wants us to go, doing what he wants us to do, and his witnesses. Um, so... I want you to carry this out from here. Be praying not only for your own guidance, but for the guidance of somebody else. And if all you want to share with me what you want prayer for, I'll be happy to pray with you as well. But um, we want to follow. And if you're not sure if you want to follow, I'd be happy to talk to you about that too. Um, whether it's worth following the Spirit. So, Lord, we are grateful, Spirit of God, that you want to guide us that you want to give us, the, the, carry us into the life that you have for us, not only individually, but as the people of God. We say yes to that. Now show us what we just said yes to, what it is that you want us to do. So go in the power and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, in the love of the Father, walking side by side and following Jesus, the Son. Amen.